You are listening to the Delay and Pray podcast, episode number 11. Welcome to the Delay and Pray podcast, where certified Catholic and weight loss coach Beth Bubick teaches you how to permanently lose weight through spiritual fasting. Get ready to gain faith and lose weight through a joyful transformation of both body and soul. Now, your host, Beth, the Catholic Fasting Coach. I am so excited for today's podcast. This one is all about journaling intentionally through the thought model and inviting God into it for healing. And I have invited one of my favorite clients, Sky Angioletti, who is a self-coaching expert with the thought model. And I, I can't wait to discuss all this with her. I thought it would be fun to get a client's perspective on using my spiritual fasting workbook and the daily journal. She's going to tell you how she uses the model and why it's so important to getting results with both self-coaching and also taking her thoughts to me as a coach. I want to preface the interview by talking just a moment about why we journal in the first place. Journaling is where we put our thoughts onto paper where we are able to just stop for a moment and reflect on what is most important to us. This is the place to build a relationship with ourselves and God to take some time to actually think about our thinking so that we can jump from the cycle of vice over to the cycle of virtue and be that person that we've always longed to be and also that person that God's created us to be. Let me give you an image to focus on. Our brains are like the sky and the clouds floating by are like our thoughts. 60,000 thoughts float through our minds on any given day. And some of those bring rain and some let the sunshine in, but they're always producing something. So to possess yourself, you must understand your thoughts and learn to choose those thoughts that actually serve you. Some thoughts that we think are just fraught with lies, uh, some are lies, um, a lot of times they're errors, but some are really good. They're true. They're beautiful. And we have the ability to take our thoughts captive and choose to think the ones that serve us and serve others the most. These are the ones that are the good, the true, and the beautiful. So the best news ever is that we get to choose. So why do we have thoughts that are not helpful or useful in the first place? Unfortunately, this is because of the fall of mankind. We have thoughts that are both weeds and wheat growing in our minds from a biblical perspective. We want to survey them all and look for those weeds so that we can pull them out because those weeds, they're the ones that are affecting our emotions in a negative way. This is where a good thought download comes in. The thought download that we initially start with is a brain dump of sorts, a sort of sitting down, grabbing your pen and the journal and just dumping out the basket of weeds and the wheat onto paper so that you can sort them all out. And don't underestimate this as a daily exercise. This is just 10 minutes long. That's all you need. You just need 10 minutes to do a thought download and a thought model. Our minds are a battlefield. Our words become flesh. We need to fight for our thoughts in this spiritual battle. This sorting with the help of the Lord is imperative to reaching the goal weight and the spiritual fasting goals that you might have. 
well, and, and as well as reaching sainthood. So the enemy may plant the seeds of weeds. He may kind of nudge us with certain thoughts, but then we get to either receive them or just cast them out into the fire. And you can invite the Lord into your thoughts to help you dump them all onto the paper and then ask him to help you capture as many weedy thoughts as possible that could be crowding out those thoughts of God. So this is an amazing biblical exercise that is actually in scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, and take every thought captive in obedience to Christ. We also have it in the mass in a way. Evaluating our thoughts is in the penitential act at the very beginning of mass. Let me read it for you. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned through my thoughts and in my words in what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. In this penitential act, we are actually looking at our thoughts, we're looking at our words, what we've done, what we haven't done, and we're asking for intercession from Our Lady, as well as angels and saints, and for all of those around us. I take this very seriously now, because thoughts become words. Thoughts always show up in my results now. And I think of them that way because they do. That's how important they are. If you want to lose weight and become a spiritual fasting expert, then we have to check our thoughts. So this journal exercise is not only theological, but it is also neurological. Bringing our thoughts from our unconscious mind, we might not even know that they're there. So up to our conscious mind where we can interrogate them and see if they're true. So if they are not true, Then we can change them by disrupting or denaturing the neural pathway created by thinking that thought over and over. This makes the synaptic connections more plastic or changeable, and we can change our thoughts. So this is great news because those weedy thoughts that lead to those indulgent emotions, and these are the emotions that are not passed through reason, they often lead us to overeating and overdrinking and overdesire. We call this underfeeling in the delay and pray program. And the thoughts lead to the emotions. So journaling or writing down your thoughts is the first step to successful spiritual fasting so you can figure out why you are eating or drinking as a buffer in order to not feel an emotion. The reason why we can't do this in our heads without writing it on paper is because this thought to emotion process happens in a second. It happens so quickly that the chemical cascade happening in your body, it's really hard to stop, let alone assess, if you don't just write it on paper and create a little distance between you and your thoughts. This can be done starting with emotions or thoughts, depending on your personality sometimes. Thoughts do lead to emotions, but some of us start with emotions and then figure out what thought is leading to that emotion. So from a thought download, the next step is to actually gather the facts from the download. This is called the circumstance. And the facts are usually just a few sentences and words that everyone can agree on. These are the facts. This is going to help you take out the drama from the situation. You'll be amazed how just analyzing the facts of the situation solves a lot of the problem. So just to recap the model, you have the facts of the problem. You have a thought about the facts. That thought creates a feeling and that feeling creates your actions and this is how you show up in the world. So if you start from the top, your thoughts create your results. 
This is a fascinating process that is so helpful and is taught in many life coaching schools, but it's actually originated from St. Thomas Aquinas. We get to choose our thoughts. This is part of our free will. So now let me introduce to you my client, Sky Angioletti. She has been very successful in her spiritual fasting efforts. She has lost over 20 pounds and has experienced so many prayers being answered. Here's a little bit about Sky. She is a theology teacher at the Notre Dame School of Manhattan in New York. She is wife to Brian and mom to four-year-old Zach. Sky is thrilled to have been introduced to the thought model and spiritual fasting in early 2022. It has empowered her to live life with a grace-infused intentionality. Sky has a great devotion to the communion of saints, the Holy Family, the Blessed Virgin Mary, especially Our Lady of Fatima and Lourdes. Hi, Sky. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here, Beth. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. So let's just start with your entrance into spiritual fasting in the first place. Can you tell me or just tell our audience a little bit about how you found me and, um, you know, just kind of a little bit about your experience, especially the beginning part? Sure. I um, actually found you through Metanoia Catholic. And I had joined MCA, the Catholic uh, Metanoia Catholic Academy, uh, learned about the thought model there and the way that they coach and mindset coaching. And I had been in the group coaching for a few weeks at that point. Um, I want to say I must have found you on March of 2022, uh, March, April. And I thought the Catholic fasting coach, well, that's interesting because I'd been really interested in intermittent fasting and I'd been sort of practicing it. Uh, for a few years at that point, off and on. Uh, And then I was learning the thought model from MCA. And I realized that there was a part of me that wanted my own one-on-one thought model coach. And when I was thinking, well, who and where and what, um, you kept coming up. So you would either come up in Instagram or in uh, a podcast that I heard you speak on. And so that's how I found you. And then I reached out and we had our little mini free session, uh, probably Lent, I think. I didn't work with you until April. So it was probably March at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And you dove right in. So um, one of the things that I thought was so wonderful about you was you took this seriously, like right from the get-go. You were in. There was no, I'm not sure if this is going to work. I wonder. It was It was literally an attitude of, I am committed. Here's my goal sheets. And you would, you would show up every single session with your journal filled out, your, <laughs> the thought load done. I mean, you were struggling with it because you would self-coach as far as you could. And then you'd be like, okay, here's the thought I'm having. And I just, I can't figure out how to prosecute it, how to shift it and, you know, grab a hold of another feeling. Could you help me with that, Beth? And so we did. And we coached the entire time. And tell me a little bit of your thoughts on the daily journal and just how that thought download helped you with the spiritual fasting in delaying the sugar, flour, and alcohol. And just to preface this, you guys, um, when when Sky came to me, she was a professed sugar addict. She would say, I'm addicted to sugar. It's especially donuts. <laughs> it's donuts, Beth. Donuts. They have power over me. <laughs> Yeah. And I would say, no, no, no. They have no power over you. We are going to slay the donuts. And we did. So tell us a little bit about like just your journey. Like you live in, you live, okay, where you live and how you train down to Manhattan. And I mean, it's just so fun. I just, I just love your whole experience. Please, please elaborate. Um, So 
you know, when I met you, I had already done a stint in Weight Watchers uh, many years ago. I had already done a stint in Overeaters Anonymous. I would highly recommend that program for anyone who feels that they have um, like a food addiction, you know, like bulimia or anorexia. I didn't have any of that. Um, but I did kind of figure out that there was a sugar problem, even though, you know, and I had yeah. started getting weight. I had probably had sugar my whole entire life and just never saw the effects of the sugar consumption until I hit my mid thirties, right? My metabolism clearly started slowing down and I started gaining weight and I had to go to double digit pants, which I'd never done before. So, um, then, uh, so I'd, I'd done that, but I also, I didn't have any major success with that. Um, I had lost weight twice in my life, one through Weight Watchers, the other through OA, but each time, I'm not kidding you, I don't know how I did it. Like I can go back and say the actions I did, but that's all there was, right? And I don't know, I didn't know even then how I could maintain it. The yeah, because, because basically um, those programs work in the action line because I mm -hmm. was on all those as well. Not Overeaters Anonymous, but I did buy their books thinking, oh, this is it. This is going to solve the problem. And I read the books. I made the plan. Couldn't do it. Right. And Overeaters um, Anonymous is good. It's better than Weight Watchers simply because they have a higher power. And yeah, you, yeah. there's a God focus. So yeah. that was what attracted me to it because I realized that there was something in my mind Mm -hmm. That was happening, and I didn't know what it was, actually, until I got to Metanoia Catholic. Yes, so. and then you found out that your thoughts create your results. That's right. And Hello. I, <laughs> I also, in between my stint in OA and Metanoia Catholic, I read uh, Why We Get Fat and What to Do About It. So I learned about how carbohydrates and sugar works in the body, which I didn't mm. know before then. I read Jim Stevens' book on intermittent fasting. Yeah. Those are excellent resources. And then when I met you, I read um, Jay Richards' book on Eat Feast. Fast Feast. Eat Fast yes. Feast. And yes. So, and it's, it's, funny, it's funny because people don't realize that the sugar and the flour and the alcohol, I'm just throwing the alcohol in because it, I always say it elbows its way to the front. Um, it, it causes over desire and it causes overeating and it causes over hunger. And so, you know, people are trying to fast, they're trying to spiritually fast and they're thinking, what's wrong with me? I cannot follow this. I'm trying to eliminate it from my diet. But the thing is, it's all about your feelings. You're just, you're eating your emotions. And then there's a thought underneath those emotions and you got to figure out what's the thought. And then how do I sit in discomfort? How do I feel the feel <laughs> and not eat and drink through it? Right. That's okay. when I met you. I yes. was intermittent fasting about 14 to 15 hours. I'd break my fast around 12 and it would be with what I'll just call a sensible meal, right? It's not the food protocol I followed today, but it wasn't the worst thing ever. And then I would go to Dunkin' Donuts and I would buy my munchkins and I would eat them slowly over the rest of the day. And if I bought 25 or 50, they would last me a couple days. And it was always, and I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm going to intermittent fast again. You know, and at nine o'clock or something, I'd stop eating and I wouldn't break my fast till the next time. So I would go these like 15 hour, 14 hour fasts and the food I was consuming during my eating window was causing the over desire. I'd never heard the word over desire until I met you. So it was fascinating. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was biological uh, on one hand and then, but right. I didn't have, I, so I could know that. Sure. I already knew that to a certain degree, right? Obviously if I don't eat the donut, 
off physically, but I didn't know it was the mindset part. That was really what mm. was, um, I yeah, had a lot of skill yeah. set. I didn't have as much skill set until I, you know, the skill set I have now is even higher from, from your le- learning from you, but the mindset was nil. I had nothing. So, right. Yeah. Right. Because uh, the overdesire is coming from the urges. And when we give in to the urge, then our body is like, oh, that's really good. It's neurological, biological, and theological because we're body still composite. Um, I think that's another thing that's in my program that a lot of people, they, they, they mm-hmm. forget that it's not just your body that we're dealing with. We're dealing with your soul because you have to, you have to actually talk your intellect. I mean, you have to use your intellect to talk your will. <laughs> we have free will into doing what you want it to do. And when you, when you always have these urges to eat the donut because of desire, then what's happening is you eat it. And then the pattern just keeps repeating itself. Oh, that's what we do. We, we, oh, we have a desire for donuts. We eat the donuts, makes us feel great for a minute. And then, then boom, we have to do this over again. And you came up with this euphemism, which is so funny. It's called, um, short term hap. What is it? You, so you say it. Short, okay. So short-term happy equals long-term crappy. Crappy. And mm-hmm. then the opposite's true. Short-term crappy can equal long-term happy. So yes. I might feel crappy in the moment because I don't have my usual fix of sugar and, you know, carb. Um, and it's painful maybe to be in that, uh, we call it a river of misery, you know, like, and so I would be like momentarily in discomfort, but mm-hmm. long-term, so it would be short-term crappy for long-term happy. And it's the long game. It's the marathon, right? I'm a sprinter. So I I love quick, fast, you know? And so um, when I am able to remember that, I just, it rhymed. I love that it rhymed. And I like that when you flip it, it's also true, you know? Also true. Yeah. And so it was really, so I live in New York City, as you mentioned, and I live in Queens and I, I take the train to Manhattan. And so every morning, and you said it actually on our mini session, you said, okay, so then what you'll do is on the train, like you found the space in my schedule for it. You said, yeah. okay, so when you got on the train in the morning, you'll write the journal out. I was like, yeah, sounds great. And I just did that because I'm, that's my personality too. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do what she says. <laughs> and so it was in doing the journaling that I got to see where the donuts, what they meant. And it took, I want to say it took like two or three months when I started to realize that I had broken up with some really good friends, my donuts, my donut Mm. friends, you know, and that they really took the place of like, like feeling like I was being comforted. Yeah. Um, And so that was huge. That was like a whole nother level to this whole thing. And it yeah. Was, and there's, yeah. and there's grieving to that too, because, um, St. John of the cross calls that an attachment mm-hmm. and we, we know we have them. We just don't know how to get rid of them. We're like, okay, it's a very thin, it's a very thin thread that seems, he always talks about a bird. Like our attachments are like strings that keep a bird from flying and the, and the bird can actually fly, but it doesn't think it can because of the string and the strings and attachment. And with our mind, our mind is powerful. So we can either say, Oh, I I can't get rid of the donuts. It's too much of an attachment, but you can, there's going to be some discomfort in that. And so you're on the train, you're doing your journal, you're getting through the thought model, you're cycling through all of it, including the, the first part of the thought model is the download. Mm -hmm. And so you're putting the download down there and you're, you're dumping your brain 
and then you're putting the facts in the circumstances. And then what's so fun about you is you like to go for the feeling first instead of the thought. Tell I, us about that. Yes. It's, I still do it today. And I am, I'm a teacher. I teach uh, high school girls in Manhattan. I teach theology. So this is perfect for, for them. Yes. They're like going to go off to college and they already know the thought model. But um, That's I, so cool, by the way. I just <laughs> want to tell you, I am, thank I you. Like, I'm 47 Yay! and I finally got the th- thought model, you know, and like they're going to, they're 18. Some of them are 14, you know, 15. So um, yeah. So what I noticed about the thought model was CTFAR. So you have your circumstances, your thoughts, your feelings, your actions, and your results. And um the journal, you know, just has a line for each of them. I was like, okay. And I was taught by you and by Metanoia Catholic uh, coaches to uh, one word thought, or sorry, sorry, one sentence thought, one word feeling. So really isolate it. Right. And I swear I could not figure out my thoughts, even after the download. Um, I just couldn't figure it out. So I could actually, I was pretty good at getting the fact. So I could say, okay, that's not that's not a fact. That's not a fact. And like, sometimes the fact would be the date out mm-hmm. of the thought download. There was no circumstance at all. It was all thoughts, but for some reason, getting one thought was harder and I could tell you exactly what I felt. All I had to do if I couldn't get the exact word was look at the um, emotions wheel and choose it from there. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as I got the, the specific feeling, the one word feeling, I could say, okay, what thought am I having about that? Mm. And, um, you know, probably early on with you, I was coming up with against like discouragement. I was like, well, why am I feeling discouraged? What thought is bringing on this discouragement? And one of the biggest thoughts that we worked on that I had that had a lot of power over me at the time was, um, this isn't going to work long term. Mm, that's very common by the way. Yes. Well, I didn't realize how common it was until I joined the group, you know, Mm -hmm. that you have. And when I was in the group and I started hearing it, I was like, Oh, Oh, everybody has this. Yes. But I remember having that and us working on it and it was, it was a huge breakthrough. It was a huge Mm. breakthrough to recognize that. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, the little tiny short sprints every day. It's a long marathon. You can take one chunk at a time. Right. Through the thought download. So true. So true. And so it's funny is when these thoughts come up, we sometimes they're unconscious. So sometimes we don't even know we're having them. And so a lot of times what happens is we will start something new and we will say, oh my gosh, just like in our, in our minds, even subconsciously we're thinking, oh my gosh, this is so hard. Oh my gosh, no way. This is so new. Oh, did you see that workbook? It's 232 pages. Uh, what am I going to do with this? And instead of like just instead of like just sinking into the thought that this is new and it's always working and that I am strong in my weakness and that the Lord is going to use this weakness to literally cure me and then I'm going to glorify him. And that's what happens. We're using our weakness of weight loss struggles to, to just, to figure out our thinking so that we can get to a place where we are in the thoughts of this is always working. Your grace is sufficient for me. I will take the time to figure this out. I'm safe. And this is always working. And so that right there is this 
shift, but it takes time to believe it. Cause I can give you thoughts mm-hmm. and, and they may not be good for you at this moment, right? This, right. at this point in time. Right. Yeah. So we have to kind of ladder over a little bit when we're doing the thought work. Well, you know, um, the, so the thought model has been so influential in my life that I actually, uh, what do I do now? I split up my sort of before learning the thought model and after learning the thought model. My brain is so different now that I know that feelings come from thoughts. I did not know that. And then you could teach me that my feeling came from a thought that I was having, but then this added component that I get to either keep that thought or change the thought was huge. So Mm -hmm. now um, I recognize that God, um, another phrase I love to use is, uh, when the student is ready, the teacher appears Mm. and I've been prepared through my, I have a more 12 step in my background, other 12 step groups. And it's a really, it actually led me to become Catholic. I'm a convert. So many years ago now I've converted to Catholicism. Um, and so I learned all of that of codependency, all the stuff I learned in recovery, years of therapy. Um, and then I get the thought model and I was like, what? My feelings come from where? I thought they all came from the circumstance. Yes. And so it was really yes. there. And, you know, just to say something about the donuts, um, I think that first week I stopped eating the munchkins for sure. And then I relegated the donut until Sunday, right? Delay and pray. Mm-hmm. So Sunday I'd go to mass with my son and I said, okay, we're going to go get a donut. And I have one sprinkled chocolate donut with him. And then I remember you and I talking and you said, and there might come a Sunday where you you never have the donut, you know? And I thought, what are you talking about, Beth? <laughs> are you Delay kidding time. me? My, yeah. my last friend. Right. You're going to take away my last friend. Like, what are you talking about? And you were like, you know, it just might, maybe you go a month without donuts for now. You can have them back, you know? And it was just like this gentle, like, uh, prompting, really Holy Spirit prompting mm-hmm. um, to say that, sure, I mean, I can make a decision, you know, about that, but that it's really the thought. So in recent two thoughts have really served me very well from our coaching. And the first one is it's not that great. Mm. And you know, that probably wouldn't have worked when we first met. Uh, I Mm-mm. think we started coaching in April of 2022. So that, that thought, it's not that great. Cause you know what? They were that great back then. Mm-hmm. They were, it was just true for me. It wasn't true yeah. that they weren't that great. You, you have, you made it so that you made them so great in your mind Ugh that they truly were great. Yeah. And if I would have ever tried to shift you off of that, you'd have been, no, it's, it's, it's so true. Same thing for me. At one point when I first started this, um, I got coached on, well, but I love food. And the coach was like, do you really love food? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. And now I'm like, no, I mean, I, food's great. I, I can take it or leave it all day long. You know, I, I, the detachment that that produced was such a gift because we had, Mm -hmm. um, some training for faculty on Monday at school and, you know, they provided quote food, none of which is on my protocol. Right. And so I looked at it and you know, I had the option, I had the option to take it. I have free will, you know? Yeah. And I looked at it and I was like, it's not that great. Is it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I thought it really isn't. And then I walked out. What a grace. What a grace yeah. that was. There's your long-term happy. Your long-term, long-term happy is right happy, there. Because it was short-term, mm-hmm. like it would have been short-term happy. And short-term happy has now become like, you said one day, like what percentage of happy? And it was like, yeah, that short-term happy used to be longer. Now it's like two seconds worth of happiness. And mm-hmm. it's quick to follow up with. I'm, 
I'm, I'm, I'm too, I'm like so upset I ate that, you know? So learning it has been really good. Well, and I think, you know, for you too, I, I just want everyone to know that journaling and doing the thought model and in my in my workbook, I mean, I have imagining your transformational goal with God. I've got, you know, gratitudes because you thank God ahead of time for, for what, what what your goals are, spiritual fasting goals, as well as impossible weight goals. And honestly, this is just really part of spiritual formation. And I mean, when journaling becomes a habit, you know, it just helps you become a virtuous person and it helps you make the decisions a little quicker because you're hopping from this, what I call the vice cycle of over-desire over to this virtuous cycle that kind of makes you hold space for yourself and for others to like, think about, do I want to eat that? Do I want to say that? <laughs> do I want to do that? It, it, it gives you that little distance between like quickly firing out an emotion or just stopping for a moment and possibly thinking about it and talking your will into doing something a little bit better for your higher good. Totally. And it has given me my life back because I yes. did think I was a victim of my emotions. I thought I was a victim of the circumstances. How could mm -hmm. I not have a response that is X, Y, and Z? Of course right. I do. Right. And my therapy was usually about trying to unwind that, but I didn't have this understanding of the circuitry, if you will, in our brains of circumstance since the thought follows the circumstance. Um, mm -hmm. And if I could give you an example of a real life one that happened the other day. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Tuesday morning, I wake up uh, a little early. My son had woken up early. He's four. And we've learned to let him work it out on his own. Otherwise, he'll just wake up earlier and earlier every day. And that's not good for anyone. So he was crying and it, you know, tugged at my heart. I go downstairs. I received a text from someone with information. And then I did my weigh-in, my morning weigh-in. Um, the information I considered at that time to be disturbing, um, the information from the text. And then my weigh-in was up half a pound and my son is screaming. So <laughs> this trifecta of circumstances, right? Just facts. Mm -hmm. Just facts. Exactly. But mm -hmm. the disturbing part was a thought, right? The disturbing text. That's a thought. And as I'm all well, the text, the text was, the text was a fact, a fact. And what you thought about it, you're describing it as disturbing. Yes. And so that's a, that's a, that's thought. a thought. The text was disturbing. And it was producing right. anger. And I was mm -hmm. like, and, and I was torn by my son's cries. So there's all these things happening, but if I were to just get fact-based about it, I realized in that moment, I did not have to spin out. I was doing my makeup and I thought, whoa, 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 before I continue to spin out, hold on, let me arrest that, you know, trajectory. Think of the thought model. And the thought model is, is that I'm feeling these feelings because I'm having a thought, literally, literally feeling these feelings because of mm -hmm. thoughts I'm having that I haven't, um, they were unconscious. And so I did, you know, I started to talk to myself about it. And then when I got on the train, I was able to take, you know, the thought model and implement all the tools that you've taught me, um, that the weight is data. Uh, the text had information in it, which, you know, then turned out to be, I was wrong about the information anyway. So, <laughs> you know, like I would have honestly spent probably days. And then I finally realized I would have eaten over it mm -hmm. at some point. Yeah. Well, you came to the, oh, you, you did so well. You're so amazing. Um, you came to the group call and you got coached on that. And what's interesting is um, the text was just words 
And, and, and later what you thought about it was untrue. This is what we do. We just create drama in our lives. We get a text. We have no idea what the context is. Um, in fact, um, you know, we won't go into it, but it was really funny. It wasn't even about what Sky was thinking it was about. Ah, how many times have we, <laughs> how many times do we get a text and we, we think, oh my gosh, this or that. And it's not even it's nowhere near the truth. Okay. So we have to be very careful with texting and, and even what people say, you know, what they, what we think they mean and all of that. So we, we just take the fact as this is what, this is what the text was. Zach was crying. And, um, the third one is what was the third one again? Uh, I was up half a pound after eating on product protocol the day before. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so you take the three, basically what your thought was when you were like, I'm not going to spin out was I'm going to figure this out on the train. That's the thought you had. That's mm-hmm. what we coached on. You, you were thinking, I'm going to figure this out on the train. I don't need to um, get upset or cry or do anything. I'm putting my makeup on. I'm going to take care of Zach and I'm going to get on the train and figure this out. You, you went ahead and filled in your model, filled in your journal. You came to the group and we coached you on this. And um, basically, you know, it, you came to the, to the understanding that, you know, this is just really information and you can totally go back and figure out Zach. You can totally go back and, and figure out the text and you can totally go back and figure out the third one. And so it was just like, you know, you can totally go back and look at your protocol and be like, Oh my gosh, I'm up half a pound. And we did figure that out as well. We figured every single one out. Yes. And right. And so then you left with what thought you left with, well, okay, just, I'm fine. I, already, I was fine. <laughs> I was like excited to even talk about it on the coaching call because I was already in a completely different headspace by the time I got to my transfer train. And that's I was right. like, that's the magic of this. Um, I went to dinner with a friend in September and I was telling her about my work with you and I had lost 20 pounds by that point. And that's where I still am at this point. And, um, I said to her, I said, I, no, I won't gain this weight back. And let's put it this way. If I did, I know exactly why. It's because mm-hmm. of my thoughts. Because of your thoughts. It's because of my thoughts. So, Oh my gosh, that's so good. That's so <sighs> good, Sky. But you've worked hard on this, by the way. You've done your homework. Thank you. And that, yeah, that is, okay, so that's the thing. We, you know, I, I, I developed this journal and we have a protocol sheet and it's just, we're, we're on this amazing, beautiful journey of life. And it is the great experiment and we get to figure it all out. We're going to have a 50, 50 life, 50% amazing and happy and 50% crappy. Mm. (laughs) That's how it goes. So you sort of have to, when you have, when the crappiness of life is happening, when the texts come and when the scale doesn't have the number on it, you want, and you're working hard on that and the baby's crying. Um, can you feel the emotion of that by the way? and just not eat through it, but just calm yourself down, feel it in your body and just be like, okay, I'm going to figure this out and not have to go to either exploding Mm -hmm. uh, with your emotions, the reaction there or eating through it. And you're getting really, really good at that. The other thing that I wanted to highlight about you is, um, you, I remember when you first came to me, you also had some heartburn. You were kind of having some headaches, migraines. I did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, without the sugar, you notice that the sugar in the flour, cause you're, you're not really an alcohol drinker, but with the sugar in the flour, as you lessened that in your diet, those seem to recede away. Right. Um, in terms of, I didn't have the cravings for them anymore. The less I ate them, the less I craved them. Um, and also when I did consume sugar, maybe more like on Christmas morning, I definitely consumed more sugar than I have since I started working with you. And I, I felt drunk. 
I felt inebriated by the sugar. It was really fascinating. Um, definitely the heartburn went down for sure. I didn't even think that that was like a food thing. Don't ask me why. And then um, at the time, and then um, I am working with a migraine doctor. And so we have management care, but my migraines have considerably been reduced. And then when I had a day last fall, or maybe it was last spring, um, I ate more um carbs in one sitting than I had in a long time at that point. And the next day I had a huge migraine and it mm. was so clearly because I had over overindulged in that particular food, um, that when I didn't have them, I just, I'm much better able to manage my migraines. Yes. Yes. So I just want people to know out there that, I mean, sugar and flour eaten in large amounts on a daily basis affect our bodies. Um, some of us, it doesn't affect um, like outwardly, some of us don't have migraines. We don't have, um, physical symptoms, but it's doing something in there. <laughs> Believe yeah. me. Yeah. And so we can actually delay that and till Sunday and actually be metabolically flexible and actually do more of a fat adaption during the week. And then sugar burn a tiny bit on the weekends with maybe better foods like blueberries and like a whipped cream and something like that. That's just a little, a little lower, um, in the glycemic index. And, our hormones are going to balance out and our health will be much better overall. And so that is, that's the exciting thing about this too. This is why it is biology, neurology, and theology just all together. So to end this up, cause I know we're, we're kind of long on time. Um, I think it's been so fun working with you because you are a theology teacher and we have talked so much just about, um, just about God and how spiritual fasting has us feeling more alive in body and soul and how closer to God that you were getting. I love how you talk about the calendar as freedom now. It's a new day. It's a new week. It's a new month to follow God and, and live out your mission on earth. And you're, and you're actually teaching this to, to, <laughs> to your students, to your girls. And, and that spiritual fasting is the missing piece. And you have said God and God and his help to reach my dreams and pray for miracles in my life, um, is the missing piece. And it really is transformation from the inside out and all the things we try to do in the action line, but really it's about our thoughts and how we want to shift into really just love and abundance so that those thoughts really serve our higher good. And you are the poster child for that. And I just want to tell you how amazing, amazing that is. So yeah, yeah. And then some of the funny things we've talked about in the past, like when you go, how do I stop eating on Wednesday nights? <laughs> oh, yes. It was, how do I, what did I want to do? I wanted to give up meat on yeah. Wednesdays. Oh, that's right. Like, right. And so, um, oh, if I want to stop eating meat on Wednesdays, then I have to stop eating meat on Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just like... Yeah. Right. Oh. So we're going to order not meat because I was already a meatless Friday person when I met you. So I wanted to include Wednesday and I needed to yeah. get my husband on board with that. But yes, yeah. exactly. That's yeah. Right. So sometimes we're just, we have to remember we're always training our brain as we go. So right. if you want to stop eating meat on Wednesday nights, then you have to stop eating meat on Wednesday nights. There's just some, some at one moment you have to make a decision and your thought has yes. to be, I'm done with that. I'm done with meat on Wednesdays. I don't do that anymore. I delay that. I delay that to Thursday. I delay that to Sunday. And we can keep saying the meat full days, if you will, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday are, and even Sunday, right? Being a feast day, the days that I can eat meat, it's, it is a little mini celebration, you know? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's been a gift to actually fast off those uh, items. And um, yeah, definitely. It's, it's beautiful. Well, um, 
just, this has been wonderful. And I also, we didn't even get to talk about the Lord's interpretation of the model because that's the, uh, you'll have to come back on another time. That's the key. That's, that goes from our brain and our unintentional model is what it's called to an intentional model with the Lord and to renounce vices, announce our virtue and then get his interpretation. Um, and that's for another day. But, um, I just want to thank you so much, Sky, for being with me today. You are such a joy to coach and I'm so proud of your progress and just can't wait to see what the future brings for you. Um, and just, I don't know, my heart just goes out to you. I just, I love you so much. And I just thank you for coming with me on this wild ride. I love you too. Thank you so much, Beth. You're so welcome. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And I just want to remind you, if you like this podcast, please subscribe and even leave a five-star review if you're so inclined. Because by doing this, you're going to help me reach my goal of bringing in a million Catholics back to the church through spiritual fasting. All right. Have a great week, my friends, and I will catch you next time. May God bless you and keep you always. Bye-bye. Hey, if you're interested in learning more about spiritual fasting and permanent weight loss, then come join my course, Delay and Pray. It's a 12-week guided course for weight loss through spiritual fasting. And you won't go through it alone either. I will be there to coach you every step of the way. There's two options to choose as well, private coaching with me or join the group coaching program to join an amazing group of like-minded Catholics who have the same goal as you, to lose that weight permanently through spiritual fasting. Both options include the same amazing online course detailing what spiritual fasting is, how to do it, and all the tools you need to get you the results you're longing for. So head over to my website right now, thecatholicfastingcoach.com, and get the details on how to join. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn as well to always get the latest daily information to keep you fasting, my friends. Can't wait to see you in there. May God bless you and keep you always.